Hello to everyone listening and welcome to RegTech Live with Claus Match. The aim of these sessions is to provide you with a 10 minute live discussion around technology and compliance, speaking with the leading industry experts every Thursday lunchtime at 1pm. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Karina Vasarova, the founder of KV Labs and a former colleague of mine at Claus Match. Karina, thank you for taking time to speak today. Would you mind giving us a brief introduction to yourself for everyone listening? Sure. Um, hi, Freddie. Thanks for having me. It's really exciting to catch up. Uh, for people that don't know, I used to be head of product at Clause Match, so it's extra exciting and extra fun for me to, um, to do this RecTech life with you guys. Um, so after working with Clause Match, I set up my own consultancy called KV Labs, and I work with highly regulated businesses that are ambitious, that are growing, and I'm helping them to understand how they can optimize their regulatory compliance using technology. Great, thanks. So both of us have been involved in regulatory technology for a while now, um, and I think it can be easy at times to assume that the work we're involved in is a reflection of the general adoption of RegTech. Where do you think we are with regards to RegTech adoption? Are we still in its infancy? Yeah, I think definitely resonates. I think there's a community of RegTech vendors, of consultants, of adopters of RegTech technology, and it's quite a supportive community. And yeah, it's, it can be easy to forget that I think still majority of businesses are managing their regulatory compliance um, manually or using Excel. Um, so I think we definitely are in quite early stages um, in terms of technology adoption and what's possible to achieve. Um, I guess what are, across those sort of manual processes, what are the typical sort of areas do you think um, uh, you see most of those manual processes and challenges? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, across the boards in terms of um, sort of jobs to be done uh, for a regulatory manager or compliance officer. So from all the way from horizon scanning to risk management to uh, policies and procedures and how controls are managed, how generally um, compliance is um, evangelized in the business. All of that, um, I think, still is largely done um, manually. And I think the reality is that it's not just with RecTech. I think with a lot of software that is being implemented um, into businesses, um, we're still sort of seeing, we're still in, in early um, stages because um, augmenting how people work um, is not easy. Um, and it takes a little bit of time to get um, a return on investment ultimately. And I think that um, in, in any kind of technology adoption, usually what accelerates it is when you have a lot of early adopters that have shown everyone how, um, how they can realize value from technology. And then it happens a lot of times and then people just um, get excited and, and follow and jump on that um, ship of adopting software. But um, I think we just haven't seen that quite yet um, in rec tech because I think we just haven't seen that kind of contagious um, adoption of software and contagious uh, return on investment. So you mentioned something there about, you know, the, um, people that sort of evangelize or lead the adoption of reg tech. I think that can actually also be a challenge. Um, so I want to talk around the challenges that occur when a buyer is scoping out the requirements for a reg tech provider. 
Um, to give it some context, I think um, requests for proposals, proof of concepts, uh, RFIs, they're all examples when you need to provide specific requirements. Um, my experience is that it's very common that requirements are usually provided by senior stakeholders from different areas of the business without any real consideration of how they align with one another or more importantly how they actually impact the end user so that is the person actually using the regtech solution do you think that just well firstly does that resonate with you do you think that is a challenge and if so what are some of the solutions you can uh provide to solve these challenges yeah i think that massively resonates i think i have sort of been calling it um, buyer versus end user dilemma <laughs> i think what ends up yeah happening is exactly that that there's bigger kind of organizational business goals and objectives um, that need to be achieved by bringing in software. And then you have the end users that operate um, day to day and that have evolved into certain ways of working and they have their own objectives um, and their own goals and what they want to achieve. And I think that very often, especially when the process is complex or when the software you're bringing in is highly configurable, you end up in a place where there's this gap between the buyer and the end user. And the longer it takes to bridge that gap, um, the longer it takes to realize the value and, um, and, and, and see a return on investment. Like, and I think bringing an example would be the easiest way to demonstrate it. And let's say, um, you know, um, a more senior stakeholder, um, set out a goal to, um, I don't know, have your internal um, audit assessments or third-party audits um, be completed in a more effective, timely manner. And um, they decide to bring in a tool. I think there's quite a few of them out in the market that actually digitize how those compliance assessments are performed. And when you kind of get into it, you realize that um, actually what happens in the process is that the end users or the you know compliance managers um, are in fact spending a lot of time on administrative tasks that could be automated potentially with even different software so there maybe is a different problem that exists that results in, in in audits taking longer or being less sort of effectively completed so if you actually solve the right problem for the end user you enable them to, to make the entire process more effective. And even if you know, you're solving the right problem and it, it, it is exactly the right thing to do to bring in a, sort of an assessment or an audit tool, um, you then still need to configure it um, in a way that is intuitive for that end user, for the stakeholders that are engaged in that process. And the quicker you can figure out what's the most intuitive and effective way for that software to integrate into the process, the faster you will get a return on your investment because um, the faster the adoption will be. And I think that's that's exactly the point of bridging that gap. And I just noticed that not a lot of um, planning or potential time and resources are often dedicated to the bridging of the gap. Um, and it's just assumed that software will get adopted because it's, it's valuable and it's useful and everyone excited and see its potential. But doing the hard work and in, in bridging that is actually, I think, what uh, is needed for long-term adoption. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, exactly. When um, uh, technology is looked to be adopted, it's normally from a top-down approach. 
um, but being able to bridge the gap is super important. Are there, is there anything that, um, I guess, um, highly regulated organisations can look to do when implementing technology to ensure they're maybe um, not um, met with this challenge? Is there metrics, something that, that they can try and look to um, implement? Yeah, um, I think the number one thing is uh, setting goals correctly. So mapping out what are the goals and objectives for the business and then what would be the goals and objectives that an end user in the process may want to, um, to achieve. Having a pilot, I think that's the best. So running an experiment, running your pro current process through this tool that you're considering to implement and then uh, figuring out whether it actually worked in the way that you intended and what's the feedback that the end users are going to provide you. I think that's another um, really useful tool um, to mitigating some of that gap creation that, that sometimes takes place. Great. What do you think are, I, um, I guess, what do you think are some of the upcoming drivers that will help increase the adoption of RegTech? Um, oh, where do I begin? I think in the, <laughs> that is such a, such a um, question in, in the current climate. I think that definitely what we've seen with the forced uh, lockdown with coronavirus has already had a massive impact just in terms of how virtual collaboration tools are adopted. So whether it's virtual conferencing or document collaboration as well. Um, I think um, a bit more long-term, we are going to see um, even sort of further impacts of that with regards to using more cloud-based software that optimizes or facilitates processes between teams. So document collaboration, um, process automation and workflow tools because people are gonna miss a certain level of transparency because now they're working even more siloed, uh, far away from each other. Um, and I think um, sort of even more long-term, this is already, we're already seeing um, massive impact on the economy um, currently. And I think that's gonna continue uh, for a certain period of time. And in those sort of um, challenging uh, times economically, businesses are gonna look to optimize again, just more, um, more, more generally and making sure they can um, reduce costs of, of certain functions and optimize how, how functions are operating. And that's again, when technology can come in. So I actually think we're sort of on a, um, yeah, we're, we're approaching a time of where adoption is gonna sort of, sort of be nudged um, to accelerate by the forces outside of the, the businesses. And also I think the disruptors, this is what excites me a lot is challenging, challenger banks and challenger law firms and businesses that come to market and offer um, business models that differ from sort of the more established organizations. So looking at Monzo and Revolut and what they tend to do is they look at the business model and they try to figure out what can they do better, more efficiently, more effectively, therefore being able to provide a better value for the end consumer and regulatory compliance, if you're highly regulated, is just such a big part of what you do as a business. So if you do that well, um, then you're able to spend more time providing a better user and consumer experience. So I think more and more of that is already happening and that's gonna be another driver for the rest of the market um, to step up and use tech. Great, thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for speaking today. I mean, the topic is super interesting and useful um, for people to firstly understand uh, how they go about actually firstly looking at the RegTech space, um, then 
how they can actually implement regtech effectively but then also i think some of the the points you've just mentioned there are all sort of um key drivers um uh to actually build a strong business case internally for adopting regtech um yeah so thank you so much karina uh, and thank you for everyone listening um make sure that you tune in next thursday um at 1 p.m nice thanks bye cheers bye